Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the 10th and Broad Church of Christ podcast. Today's message is presented by Ken Holsberry, the preaching minister at the 10th and Broad Church. Let's tune in now for Ken's message. Well, in the Gospel of John, there are seven different statements that Jesus utters. We call them the I am statements because they all begin with those two words. Jesus is making a a powerful statement about himself, connecting back to the way that God spoke those words to Moses at the burning bush. Jesus says seven I am statements. And then there's also a connection because there are seven signs that John, that Jesus does, that John records. And and those signs uh, generally connect to those statements. In John chapter 11, Jesus is going to make one of those I am statements. And then he's going to immediately confirm that statement with a sign and a miracle. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he proved it by raising Lazarus from the dead. So very quickly, let's just remind ourselves of this story that really takes up the entire chapter of John chapter 11. Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha, were very, very close to Jesus. The Gospels give us that that picture. All four Gospels talk about Lazarus, Mary and Martha a number of times. Jesus is in their home a number of different times throughout his ministry. And they had a really close Relationship. They were friends. To be a friend of Jesus. What a beautiful thing that is. So it's no surprise that when Lazarus gets sick, the two sisters send word to Jesus. And he has gone off into a desolate area. They send word to Jesus and they said, Lord, the one you love is sick. And as much as Jesus cared for Lazarus, he didn't hurry. In fact, he made a statement that they wouldn't understand until a little later. But he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And then he waited two more days before he made his way to Bethany to the house of this this family. When he arrived, Lazarus had already died and had been in the grave for four days. Mary and Martha were there. There was a large crowd from there, uh, from Jerusalem and the surrounding area, who had come to mourn with the sisters. Jesus, with them, went to the tomb. The tomb was a rock, carved out of a rock. It had a, a stone that was over the entrance. And Jesus said to them, move the stone away. Well, Martha, who still had no idea what Jesus was about to do, and and how could she? We don't fault her for that. She had no idea. What she was concerned about mainly was the smell. And the, the King James says it best. It says, Lord, he stinketh. To which Jesus replies, just believe. You are about to see the glory of God. And then Jesus looked up to his father and he said some things. And then he looked at the tomb and he said, Lazarus, come out. 
And he did. Lazarus came out of the tomb and the strips of linen that they had used to to wrap around his body were still there. It says at the end of John chapter 11 that his hands were still bound. I don't know what that looked like exactly, but his hands were still bound. His feet were still bound and there was a cloth covering his face. And Jesus said to the people who had just witnessed this incredible miracle, who I'm sure were stunned beyond anything that any of us can imagine. Jesus just looked at them and he said, go help him take off the grave clothes and let him go. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. This is such an incredible story, such an incredible miracle. In fact, Shane and I talked earlier this week. Just, I mean, I had that you wouldn't believe the amount of pages I had to cut from this sermon just to get us to the end of it. There is so much here that is powerful and impactful for us. And we could go in so many directions in preaching it. But I want to focus on those last two verses and really just that last verse. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Okay, if you want to be following along in your outline or if you want to take notes this morning. It is possible to be alive in Christ. And still wearing grave clothes. It's possible to be alive in Christ and to still have on grave clothes. And one of the reasons that I have been talking so much for the, for the last little bit about freedom, freedom in Christ, is because it literally grieves me. It breaks my heart to see a brother or a sister who is alive in Christ, but they still are wrapped up and bound up and tied up in grave clothes. And they are not experiencing the freedom and the life and the joy and the power that is theirs in Jesus Christ. To see Christians who are just barely getting by. Christians who, who can hardly walk, who can hardly talk, who can hardly do anything positive because they're so bound up. And what happens is they begin to think, well, this is just what it's like. Or they begin to think, It should not be this hard. And they get discouraged. So Lazarus was alive in Christ, but yet he still had grave clothes on. And I just want you to notice, first of all, that his hands were bound. His hands were bound. No, 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 I'm sorry. His feet were bound. That's where we're going to start. His feet were bound. They were bound with the grave clothes. And that's what sin does to us. It, it binds us. It binds us up. And if your feet are bound, then you can't walk. If your feet are bound, you can't walk. You can't walk with the Lord. Oh, maybe you can take some little waddling steps, but that's not really walking. And you'll never get very far and pretty soon you'll give up. Or, or maybe you kind of move forward in, in hops. And jumps. You you live off the highlights of your Christian experience. uh, uh, A good worship experience or a a good retreat. But but hops and jumps are really few and far between. And they don't help you walk and move forward. 
But see, what God wants for us, brothers and sisters and friends, what God wants for us is a steady, rhythmic walk with the Lord. That's the analogy that is used so often in the New Testament, is that we have a walk with the Lord. We walk in the Spirit. Our our walk is lit by the Word of God that's a lamp to our feet. It's, It's a walk with and following the Lord Jesus Christ. John wrote in 1 John chapter 2, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. But that walk can't happen if your feet are still bound. If you've still got grave clothes, if you've still got sin wrapped around you, even though Jesus has called you out of the grave and called you into life, with grave clothes still on, you can't walk with Jesus. But also notice that his hands were bound. What do, we, what do we do with our hands? Just three verses that give us a sense of what we do with our hands. Psalm chapter 63 says, I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8 says, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Psalm chapter 141 says, let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. What do we do with our hands? We lift our hands in worship. We lift our hands in prayer. We lift our hands in service. But sin binds them up. Sin makes our hands useless. Because when you're bound by sin, there's not much you can do for the Lord or for other people. So a Christian still wearing grave clothes is hindered in their walk. They're hindered in their worship and they're hindered in their work. But it wasn't just his feet. It wasn't just his hands. His head was covered with the grave cloth. Which means he no longer had ears to hear. He no longer had eyes to see. He no longer had a mouth to speak. He no longer had the mind to think. I'll tell you what that often looks like. When sin has bound a Christian, when they have not let go of the grave clothes, they come to church, but they don't really get anything out of it. They sit there and they're bored or they're sleepy or they're distracted. And when it's over, they can't remember what was talked about. Now, they can tell you every statistic from their favorite player or their favorite team. They can tell you every word from their favorite song. They can quote every line from their favorite movie. They can binge watch watch 10 hours of their favorite show, but yet they can't concentrate or pay attention or remember just one hour of being with the church and being with the Lord. And what I want to say to you this morning is that's a spiritual problem. I knew, I know a young man who became a Christian. But he still had grave clothes on. And coming to church, as time went on, 
literally became a very difficult thing for him to do. He did not like being here. And he did not pay attention. He would tell you, I can't pay attention. And he would yawn a lot. And he, extensively, as this went on, he dreaded coming to church. His countenance and his attitude would change. Now, he was bound. You may not be that bound, but if you resist worshiping, if you resist spending time with the Lord and with His people, if if you can't concentrate on almost anything except spiritual things, that's a spiritual problem. And there's grave clothes that need to be let go. Hear the word of the Lord, for this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn. And I would heal them. So grave clothes to be alive in Christ, to still be wearing grave clothes, to be bound. To have our walk hindered and limited, to have our hands become useless, to have our minds and our our senses not engaged with the Lord. What are we going to do about that if that's the case? I just want to give you three things this morning. They're very straightforward. They're they're very simple. And the first one is, brothers and sisters, if that's the case, then it's time to let go of the grave clothes. Take off the grave wardrobe. Remove the garments of death. Because if you're still wearing the wrong thing, It's going to ruin your experience. I don't just mean your experience of worship. I mean your experience of life in Christ. If you're wearing the wrong thing, it really ruins your experience. I'll give you an example. I knew of a guy who he had friends who went to OU. And he was, they invited him to go up and visit them. And while they were there, they wanted to take him to a game. Now he didn't like football. He didn't know anything about OU football, but he wanted to be with his friends. And so when he got up that morning, he put on an orange t-shirt. Now, if you are laughing, you know what's going on. If you're not laughing, what you need to know is orange is the hated color of the University of Texas, a rival of the Sooners. And I'm going to tell you what, it ruined his experience. The looks he got and the comments he got ruined his experience. Or at the very least, you could say he would have had a much better experience if he had worn the right clothes. You have been made alive in Christ. He has called you out of the grave. It's time to let go of the grave clothes. It's time to deal with your sin. It's time to deal with the spiritual issues behind the problems in your life. We talked about that a few weeks ago very extensively. And and I've been blessed to have conversations with those of you who... What I'd like to say is did some business with the Lord. We talked about confessing our sin. 
taking sin seriously and confessing it. We talked about canceling the ground, the permission that our sin gives to Satan in our lives. We talked about commanding Satan to go and to leave. And we talked about committing again our life to the Lord. And I've talked to folks who are having a better experience because they took that seriously and they dealt with sin in their life. They're experiencing the fruit of the Spirit in new ways. They're experiencing freedom and and life in Christ in a richer and a deeper way. And and so if that's something you want to take some more time on, go back and listen to that sermon or come and talk to me. But it is time, church, to let go of the grave clothes that are still binding you. But the second thing you need to know is you cannot... Do it alone. You cannot do it alone. You can't unbind yourself when you are bound. Doesn't mean you're, it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It doesn't mean you should have been able to do that. The reality is you can't unbind yourself when you are bound. You need help. Lazarus somehow made it to the entrance of the tomb. And then Jesus said to the folks who were standing around, go help him. Go help him take off those grave clothes and let him go. And so I want to say something to two groups of people this morning. If you are still wearing grave clothes. If you're still bound by sin. It's okay to get help. It's okay to seek somebody to help you. This is not something you can do on your own. But be wise about the help that you get. Because the enemy will lie to you and the enemy will say, well, don't really tell very many people. Just go find some other people who are also wearing those grave clothes because they'll understand and they'll affirm you and they'll help you. But that's a trap. Because you'll get stuck and you'll just be a bunch of people still wearing grave clothes. No, what you need to do is get help from folks who used to be wearing those grave clothes, but because of life in Christ and the help of other people, they have been set free. As Paul said, you used to be these things, but you're not any longer. And so that's the kind of people you want to get help from who are no longer bound in those same clothes and who know what life in Christ looks like and can help. And now I want to say a word to another group. If by the grace of God, you have let your grave clothes go. Then don't look down on the people who are still wearing grave clothes. Don't judge somebody who comes out of a grave and still has grave clothes on. Don't say hurtful words or throw rocks at people who need help. Let us continue to be a church. And I mean this sincerely. This is the kind of church we have been for decades and generations. And I thank God for it. Let us continue to be a church that brings in the wounded and brings in the hurt and brings in the folks who who are still bound up in grave clothes. And by the grace of God, let's let them go and follow the command of Jesus and say get over there and help them take those grave clothes off are you with me church is that the kind of church you want to be 
Nobody berated Lazarus because he came out of the grave with great clothes on. They praised God and they marveled at Jesus and they went to work. The third thing, the most obvious thing, because once you're taking those grave clothes off, you need some new clothes, right? Because you don't be one around, running around naked. He loves it when I say that word. From Colossians, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues that you are clothing yourself with, over all of those, put on love, which binds. Isn't that an interesting word to find here? It literally did not hit me until this very moment. You don't have to be bound with grave clothes. You don't have to be bound with sin. You don't have to be constricted and useless and lifeless. You can be bound with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be bound with His Spirit. You can be bound with love that puts all these things together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach, as you admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I love that new song that we're learning. Gratitude. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. That's the clothes that we want to put on. I have a question for you. Do you know what a nun looks like? Just shake your head yes or no. You know what a nun looks like? When you, when you see a nun, you know that's who that is. Why do you know that's a nun? Because of the clothes that she's wearing. Do you know what those clothes are called? A habit. It's because of the habit that you know who they are. Now, here in the past is where I would preach to you and I'd start coming down on you and I would tell you to start practicing these habits. And I'd tell you to start practicing compassion and I'd tell you to start practicing love and and practicing patience. But my preaching has changed. My understanding has changed. Because if you look at that passage from Colossians... If you don't mind, put that the first part back on the screen. If, if you look at that passage, 
Do you notice anything familiar about the words that are listed there? Peace, patience, love. What are those? Somebody tell me. They are the fruits of the Spirit. They are what is listed in Galatians chapter 5 and in other places. And so what Paul is telling us, church, is the clothes you need to put on is the Spirit. That's what he's telling us. You need to be wearing the Spirit of God. And those fruits will become evident in your life. Because here's the thing that I have learned, and I'm thankful the Lord has taught me this. The thing is that you cannot practice yourself into the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot work yourself into the fruit of the Spirit. You can't produce spiritual fruit by using the power of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit only comes from who? The Spirit. So the habit that you need to put on is not a particular fruit. The habit you need to put on is Christ. The habit you need to put on is the Holy Spirit. It's time for a wardrobe change. And if you're ready to get rid of the grave clothes, then clothe yourself with Christ. That's what we did in our baptism. We clothed ourselves with Christ. We now abide in Christ. We remain in Christ. And if Christ has brought you out of the grave, then stick as close to Him as a brother. Walk right in step with Him. Get rid of all the sin you got to get rid of. Keep confessing that sin. God is faithful and He is just to forgive us so that we can keep walking in step with Christ, in step with the Spirit. That means don't leave His side. That means get as close to Him as you can. That means go wherever He goes. Do whatever He does. Say whatever He says. Learn whatever He learns. Think about whatever He says to think about. Walk in the Spirit and clothe yourself. That means to rest in Him. That means to work in Him. It means to dwell in Him. It means to let Him dwell in you. And you get a whole new wardrobe. A wardrobe of life. A wardrobe of power. A wardrobe that is just united and wrapped up in love and it's going to be such a better wardrobe than those stinking grave clothes so let it go let it go so what do you need to remove what's got you bound up that you haven't dealt with What's keeping your feet from walking with the Lord? What's keeping your hands from worshiping and working with the Lord? What's keeping your ears from hearing and your eyes from seeing and your mouth from speaking and your mind from understanding? And once you know what that is, what help do you need? Whose help do you need? It's okay to ask for help. We've been praying for wisdom and the better part of wisdom is that you can't do this alone. And then are you ready to be filled with Christ and filled with the spirit and clothed in him so that God can produce good fruit in you? So you can fully experience the life he has given you.
We've been praying from Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to continue to do that. But this morning, we need to pray from Ephesians chapter 3. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep His love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life. And power that comes from God. And now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. So here's one way that you can pray that prayer. Would you stand with me? Father, you are the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And you created me. I pray that out of your glorious and unlimited resources... You will empower me with inner strength through your spirit. That your spirit will live inside of me. I pray that Christ will make his home in my heart. That he will dwell in me as I trust him. Father, I want my roots in you to grow deep in your love. So that you can keep me strong. And I ask for the power to understand just how wide and long and high and deep your love is. I want to experience the love of Christ. I want to be made complete. I want to experience the fullness of your life and power. And all of this for your glory, Lord. Because you are able to. To work within me. Able to accomplish more in me. Than I could ever ask or imagine. Glory to God. In the church. And in Christ Jesus. Forever. Amen.